Forgiveness is forbearance. What does it mean? It's the ability to show restraint. The ability to let things go. You see, the closer we get to Christ, the less things should get under our skin. Some of us will never get any better than what bothers us. Well, how about you? Are you able to forgive, to let things go? It's something we know we should do, but sometimes, well, it can be really tough, right? Welcome to another program of Living a Legacy with Crawford Lorenz. We are early into a series called Better Together, the One Another's of the New Testament. Now, last week we featured the first half of the message, Forgive One Another. And Crawford said that for Christians, forgiveness is not a neutral thing. It's part of God's nature, and as followers of Christ, it should be part of our nature as well. Where would we be if God hadn't forgiven us? Well, if you're joining us for the first time, Crawford has been in Christian ministry for over 48 years, recently retiring as pastor of Fellowship Bible Church of Roswell, Georgia. He's authored such books as Lessons from a Life Coach, Leadership as an Identity, and Unshaken. Crawford continues to travel the world speaking at various conferences. Well, let's head to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, where the Apostle Paul instructs us to be known for being kind and tender-hearted. Here's Crawford Loretz on Living a Legacy. What do people feel when they come within your orbit? Do they feel kindness? Do they feel tender-heartedness? Or do they feel defensiveness? I've been around some folks and I've left their presence and I've said to myself, oh, I wonder who hurt them. Constantly critical, negative. And here, Paul is making the assumption, no, 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 you, you can be kind. You can be tenderhearted. What's the environment that you set? Why are you so defensive? Set that environment. So, the question is, how welcoming are we? How welcoming are we? How open are we? I say this with a degree, hopefully, of integrity here, uh, because I am, I am an introvert, believe it or not. You say, you speak in front of people. Yeah, there's a lot of us who do that. I'm an introvert, meaning, you know, I, you know I'd rather be by myself sometimes. But I think what we have to be careful of is that we don't use our personality bent as an excuse to be unkind. And a number of introverts need to be careful of this one. Sometimes, sometimes we use our little personality bent and we actually don't mean to, but we come across as being rude or not being engaging, not being open. But here, Paul is saying, no, 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 this ain't personality bent. These are Christian characteristics, okay? And we need to grow in these things. So the first thing we need to do is set, set the environment. Secondly, we need to give the gift. What do you mean by that? Again, look at the verse here. It says, Let, uh, be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Notice, environmentally, set the stage, now forgiving one another. Connected, connected, connected. I know I have points here, but connected. The environment gives, gives rise to the ability to give the gift. Kindness tenderheartedness gives rise to the ability to give the gift. Forgiving one another. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. Kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. Kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. 
Now, I, I, have to, I have a confession to make here. I'm almost embarrassed. Uh, uh, for years, I have referenced this text. In fact, Karen and I just wrote about this in our latest book on, in, on, on marriage. Uh, I, I missed a very significant point here. In the New Testament, the, the, the primary word, the usual word for forgiveness in Greek is the Greek word athemi. Athemi, athemi. And that word means to put away. But here, that's not the word. The word translated here for forgiveness is not athemi. Listen to what the word is. The word translated here for, 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 for forgiveness is charizomai. We get charisma from that. Charizomai. Well, what's the difference? Well, the root word charis is gift. It's we, in fact, it's grace. It's grace. And so the point that Paul is making here, the word charizomai actually means to give freely or to give graciously as a favor. So if you're, if you're baptized in kindness and tenderheartedness, then forgiveness is not so much an obligation as it is a kindness to extend. It's a gracious thing. Give the gift of forgiveness as a favor. And it shadows, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, it's the shadows of the grace of God that's been poured out for us on the cross. We don't view it as an obligation. Well, I have to forgive, so I'm going to say the words. No, it comes from a heart that is predisposed to the heart of the Savior. You give, you give the gift of forgiveness. And forgiveness is attractive. And by the way, to withhold the gift of forgiveness is to deny the power of the gospel. Clearly from this passage, to withhold the gift of forgiveness is to deny the power of the gospel. It's to deny it. And I'm going to get practical with you. You know, I, I, all these years in ministry, I have seen every kind of church split imaginable. And I would say 98% of these church splits are not doctrinal in nature. It's not a battle over truth necessarily. Most of these church splits are nothing more than carnal arguing, someone elevating a secondary issue and making it a primary passion. And before you know it, the lack of forgiveness and shrapnel that they've thrown into the church or in the organization, and they splinter and split, they splinter and split, they splinter and split, they splinter and split. All because somebody pre somebody's preferences was treated like the 67th book of the Bible. And it's a shame and it's awful. And we sanctify our inability to forgive. What does that say about the gospel? What does that say about the power of God to change us? And here in this text, it is, it is more than implied, because we're going to get to the third point in, in, in a second here. It is more than implied, more than implied. That when I withhold the gift of forgiveness, what I'm saying is that the gospel is not sufficient. It is not powerful. It cannot change my heart. It cannot change other people's hearts. It cannot bring healing. And so we need to think about that. If I am withholding forgiveness, what I'm actually saying is that the gospel can't change me. 
that my right to get even and my right to, 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 to cherish and nurture and coddle the offense is more important than the gospel I say that I believe. So, having said that, that at its core, forgiveness is a gift of grace. Let me just have a little bit of a parenthesis here, and uh, let me di differentiate between what forgiveness is not and then what forgiveness is. Because I think sometimes we get a little bit confused about that, and guys like myself have confused a whole lot of people and some books that I've read about forgiveness, I don't necessarily agree with. I, I go back to the scriptures. And so forgiveness is not, now I just want to make four observations. I could make more. Forgiveness is not necessarily good feelings. You can forgive somebody and still have bad feelings about what happened and all of that. And that's fine. So, so forgiveness is an act of the way. It's not, a, it's not necessarily good feelings. Secondly, forgiveness, as you know this, is not forgetting. Oh, forget about it. Now, forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not forgetting that something happened. And even when we say, well, God forgets our sins. Well, what we mean by that, no, God does not forget, else he would not, he would not then therefore be omniscient. He remembers. But what we mean when we say God forgets, forgets our sins is that he doesn't treat us or come to us or approach us in light of the offense. So forgiveness is not forgetting about it. Number three, forgiveness is not complete healing. It's not complete healing. You're hurt. You can, you can forgive and still be hurt. This pain that's caused. So it's not, it's not some super spiritual, false spirituality that is really rooted in denial. You're denying the pain. No, the pain is real. And in some cases, you might have to get some help to overcome that pain. So it doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven because you still feel the pain. That you've released it. But sometimes it takes a while to get over the emotional damage. And fourthly, forgiveness is not making things better. He'd say it. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't necessarily mean that the situation is going to change. And if you've been involved in leadership, having to do with any degree of people, you know what I'm talking about here. You can forgive somebody. But see, this is where we confuse forgiveness and reconciliation and resolution. You know, yeah, yeah, this is a mess. I forgive you, but there's collateral damage here. I mean, this, this, the, the mess still needs to be cleaned up. In fact, there can be more fallout from the mess. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it makes things better. Well, what is forgiveness? Let me make these three strong observations. Number one, forgiveness is releasing my right to get even. That's what forgiveness is. It's releasing my right to get even. I release it. I make that decision. Now, how do you do that? Well, that's the second one. Number two, forgiveness means entrusting myself to God's love, power, and plan. You gotta go vertical. It's no way, no way, no way. There are folks that have said things about me, written stuff and other stuff and all this other kind of stuff there. And I wanna go, you know what? I'd like to meet you behind the church at about 10 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? 
I mean, but you, you can't do that. You got you to go vertical. You got to release that stuff to God. You're entrusting yourself to his plan. And that's what you have to do. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. To not forgive means that you are living in idolatry. And I don't say that lightly. To not forgive means that you have chosen idolatry. You keep fantasizing about what you could do to that person or what you'd like to do to that person or if they thought, I'm going to say this or all of this kind of stuff. That means your emotions and thought life are controlled. And it ain't by God. And then the third thing I would say is that forgiveness really is an old English word, forbearance. That's a great word. Forgiveness is forbearance. What does it mean? It's the ability to show restraint. The ability to let things go. To let things go. You see, the closer we get to Christ, the less things should get under our skin. Some of us just need to let things, some of us hear me, hear me, and I mean this, I mean this really because I love each one of you, but some of us will never get any better than what bothers us. And God allows sometimes for us to get offended in this kind of thing, and God whispers in my ear and says, okay, Crawford, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to learn how to let that go? When are you going to learn how to let it go? And if you're constantly offended by stuff, Wow. How many gospel opportunities are we missing? How many gospel opportunities are we missing? And again, I, 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 please, please don't, don't, I'm not being light or flippant about this stuff, but some stuff you just got to let go. You just got to let go. In your job, in your situation, whatever it might be, you, you, have to, you have to get to a place in your walk and relationship with God where circumstances no longer dictate your spiritual response, but God does. And some stuff you just got to say, I'm going to let this go. What's the alternative? You won't have any lining in your stomach, that's for sure. So, set the environment. Give the gift. Maintain the motivation. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Here you have it. Here's the standard. As God and Christ forgave you. Huh. Two quick observations. Number one is this. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is the lifestyle to which we are to conform. The lifestyle to which we are to conform is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, not what Jesus can do for me. Too many of us, guys like me, have taught too many of you uh, so much about the benefits of walking with Jesus and how he can do this for you, how he can help you resolve your conflict, and how he can help you have a nice marriage, and how he can help you do this, and here are the coping mechanisms, this kind of thing. Well, those might be bennies, and those might be things that extend from that, but that's not core to Christianity. Core to Christianity is a crucified life. Mm-mm. For Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Meaning, meaning, meaning that, look, 
Look, I identify with Jesus. How did Jesus handle offenses? Which is the second observation. What God has done in Christ for us is, the, is to govern our behavior and responses when we are offended by others. Just as the writer of Hebrews says that he endured the cross, despised the shame, the ridicule, the rejection, the lies, the torture, even his own father turning his back on him. What has he forgiven us of? Now think about this, Crawford, before you get on your moral high horse, about blasting somebody. Watch your self-righteousness, buddy. What did Jesus forgive you of? Think about your life. Think about where you came from. Think about the stuff that you think nobody else knows that you did, but you know that you did that wasn't so nice. Did he forgive you? Did he forgive you? Can you, by the power of the Spirit of God, then therefore, with humility and that same de degree of grace? See, what Paul is saying, this is masterful writing here, masterful writing. There's an ellipsis in that last clause that causes us to go back to the first clause. How did he forgive us in Christ? Through kindness and tenderheartedness. Through kindness and tenderheartedness. Not as a result of works that we have done, but according to his mercy. Can we be gracious to others? D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, some say one of the greatest preachers of all times, and I would agree with that, made this observation. Now listen closely, he says, I say to the glory of God and in utter humility that whenever I see myself before God and realize even something of what my blessed Lord has done for me, I am ready to forgive anybody anything. Now this is not a statement of pride he's making. Just the opposite if you listen closely to what he said. Just the opposite. What he's saying is when I see the depths of the sin of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And I understand what my Savior has done for me. What kind of arrogant idiot would I be to not forgive? To not forgive. Four suggestions coming out of all of this. Number one is this. If we know that we have not forgiven someone, the very first thing I want to suggest to you is this. Decide to forgive. Don't wait for your feelings to catch up with you because that ain't going to ever happen. You have to let your mind and your will control your emotions. Decide to forgive. Secondly, I would say express your forgiveness. If someone has hurt you, someone has done something wrong to you, don't just, don't just privately say, God, I forgive them and go on. No, no, pick up, go see them if you can. Eyeball to eyeball, personal contact is always wonderful. Second best thing is talk to them. Talk to them. Avoid using a text message. <laughs> talk to them. If you can't do either one of them, write 
a letter to them, an email or something to them. Perhaps that person's dead and gone. You said, well, they, you know, well, I would still write them out. I still would write a letter. And what I would say to you is this, when you express your forgiveness, take off the table. Don't just be looking for them to affirm you. And don't necessarily be looking for them to say, I'm sorry. Number three, thirdly, do whatever it takes to deal with the pain. To deal with the pain. You might need to get some help. This is not an automatic cure. It's not an automatic cure for the pain. You might need someone to talk to. You might need to go get some counseling, depending on what the issue of the matter is. But, but don't, don't just stuff it. You, the, the goal is forgiveness opens the door to healing. But it may not be the final step in your healing. And then number four, look to Jesus and don't rehearse or empower the offense. In short, stop talking about it. Once you have forgiven, stop bringing it up. Stop rehearsing it. You're moving on. And uh, there's some of us, that, that's the greatest piece of advice. I, you know, I know somebody ain't over something because they keep talking about it. You know, they hurt me. Uh, I, I took it to the Lord, but they hurt me. Well, you've said this to me seven times. I don't know if Jesus still has it or you just keep getting it back off the altar. But just let it go. Let it go. The one who turns all this around is a savior. None of us has, has the capacity to deal with the pain of life, the unpredictable nonsense that takes place regularly in life. People even close to us who hurt us deeply. How do we deal with all of that? Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. It's coming to Jesus. And he forgives us. He'll forgive us of our sins as far as the east is from the west. All we have to do is say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I turn from my sin and I trust you as my Savior, Lord. And he will forgive us. And a prayer that I think we all ought to pray, those of us who are followers of Jesus, would you, would you pray this prayer if you're struggling with forgiveness right now? Would you say, Lord Jesus, set me free? Set me free. Release the bondage that I feel. This bondage that has tied a knot that says, I gotta get even, I place it in your hand and then do what he tells you to do. Crawford Loretz here on Living a Legacy. Now here are those four takeaways once again. Decide to forgive, express your forgiveness, do whatever it takes to deal with the pain, and look to Jesus and don't rehearse or empower the offense. Great lessons in today's message titled, Forgive One Another. Now, this is all part of Crawford's series, Better Together, the One Another's of the New Testament. If you couldn't be with us for all of today's message, you can get caught up on our website, livingalegacy.org. We stream the program there, livingalegacy.org, or find today's message under Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Thanks for letting us know you're there each week. A short email will help assure us that Crawford's teaching is helping you move a step closer to our Savior. Look for the Contact Us link at livingalegacy.org. 
For Crawford Loritz, I'm Bill Davis. Thanks for joining us. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.